Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup on KEDC, K-Y-A-R and K-I-N-F. So happy to be your host today. My name is Pam Marvin, and I am thrilled today to be uh, just alive. I know things have been rough in our country and in our world, but Jesus is rising on Sunday, and I am so thrilled just to be a Christian in the days that we are living in. So with that... um, um, in studio today, I have Thaddeus with me right now, but I have... Good morning, Pam. Good morning. I have a guest coming up that I am super thrilled about. Not, not many people might know him by name, but his name is Mikado Henson, and he is the chaplain for the Aggie football team yeah. here to talk about service. He's traveled extensively to Haiti with a group of young people on several different occasions, um, young athletes, and he's going to tell us some stories about how we can serve Christ in service and how it can transform our hearts. But before we get into all of that, Thaddeus. Yes, ma'am. What do you want to tell me about? Well, it's very apropos that we have a chaplain coming on this morning because I wanted to talk a little bit about the story of another chaplain who's been in the news recently, and that is the chaplain to the emergency services of the city of Paris, France. Amazing. This is Père Jean-Marc Fournier, Father Fournier. He is credited with running into the blaze on the night of the fire and saving the Blessed Sacrament Amen. and the crown of thorns, the relic of the crown placed on the head of our Lord during his torture and persecution Amazing. at the Praetorium, right? And that's what we commemorate in the third sorrowful mystery of the Holy Rosary. Okay? You know, honestly, as a convert, I didn't know that relic existed until the fire. Wow. I did not know it existed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So I thought it would I, I thought this would be perfect for you too as as the host because he obviously possesses the virtue of fortitude, yes. which according to the catechism is quote that virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. It strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life. And prudence, the virtue, quote, the virtue that disposes practical reason to discern our true good in every circumstance Mm -hmm. and to choose the right means of achieving it. So I think he had fortitude and prudence at work there. He, He judged that what was necessary was for him to sacrifice himself. He organized a human chain to get those objects out of the the fire. Mm. Where has he been practicing this virtue of fortitude though? It didn't just, it may, some more of it may have been infused into him, but as we've talked over many episodes, it's something that we work on. Virtues are habits, right? They're, Mm, they're habituating ourselves towards the good. Well, he served with the French armed forces for seven years. He was a chaplain in the armed forces. He was also, he was deployed to Afghanistan. Really? He had a tour in Afghanistan. He survived an ambush that killed 10 of his fellow soldiers. Mm, God rest their souls. Then he was a 
returned home to France. He was a chaplain with the emergency services in November of 2015. And he was there at the response to those attacks at the Bataclan Music Club. Mm. 89 people killed by Islamic State terrorists. And he was there. He prayed over the dead. He helped comfort the wounded, took some of the, the casualties out. Quote, Father Fournier is an absolute hero, an unnamed member of the emergency services said. He showed no fear at all as he made straight for the relics inside the cathedral and made sure they were saved. He deals with life and death every day and shows no fear. Wow. End quote. That's from an unnamed member of the emergency services. So let's pray for Père Fournier, pray for all the men and women who serve in the fire departments, the police, the emergency services, and let's pray for Chaplain Henson. That's right. As he Amen. continues to work with the, uh, the, young the Aggie people, football team. That's right. And athletes. But, you know, there's something else afoot that's very near and dear to my heart. As most of our listeners may or may not know, I am a fertility care practitioner here in the Bryan College Station area. And um, the one who pioneered in this area, who goes before me, had went before me, is uh, my dear friend and loved, greatly loved in our community, Melissa Bucken. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hi, Pam. It's so great to be on with you and Thaddeus. I know. Thank you for reaching out to me to um, try and get more word out on this great event that you're a part of. So why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, absolutely. So I want to tell everybody about Cycle Power Summit. Cycle Power Summit is a free four-day online summit that is geared for women, medical professionals, and fertility awareness educators. Mm. So this is for women who want to take charge of their fertility and make informed reproductive health decisions. It's for medical professionals who want to empower their patients and provide the very best in women's health care. And it's for fertility where educators, just like you and I, Pam, who are dedicated to knowing the latest in our field so that we can offer a great service to the women and couples that we work with. Excellent. So, Melissa, if our listeners would like to uh, sign up for this, is there a website that they can go to to sign up? Of course there is. So it's (laughs) CyclePowerSummit.com. So super simple, CyclePowerSummit.com. Hop on right now if you're listening and grab your free access pass. So this is just offered for a limited time. You will get your access pass. And then when the summit goes live on day one, which is May 2nd, so the summit is May 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th, you will have access to the interview. So there are over 30 interviews with all of the top leaders in the fertility awareness and restorative reproductive industry. And each day there will be a series of interviews rolled out for your listening enjoyment, for your education. It's going to be a really powerful way to get these important conversations rolling. Well, one of the speakers that I am particularly excited about, because I feel like she's a friend um, because I work with her at a distance on a regular basis, and that is Dr. Brooke Jamelka. Yes. Can you I tell me the topic that she's? Him. Oh, did you? So, can you tell me what the topic is that she'll be speaking on? 
I absolutely can. So she is talking about um, healthy hormone parameters and healthy cycle parameters Mm. and what that looks like. So what a well-charted cycle looks like and then what, you know, how a woman can use that information to make informed decisions. And we have a lot of great speakers lined up. As I mentioned, there are over 33 speakers and founders of a lot of the different fertility awareness methods. So Dr. Phil Boyle with Neofertility, mm. um, Dr. Or Anna Halpine, she's not a physician, but Anna Halpine um, with FEM. Yes. And there are several NAPRO physicians that are being interviewed as well. So it's going to be a really just a really powerful source of information for women. Well, Melissa, how did you get involved with this? This is so spectacular. I'm really like, yay. Like I said, you are just this pioneer that I am following just in the like trail of. So how did you get involved with it? I know that Anna, and I can't pronounce her last name. Anna Sassier. So you know me, I'm very passionate as all fertility awareness. (laughs) We really are. Why we do it. (laughs) Exactly. And so Anna and I met several years ago. She's a fertility um, care practitioner as well. And I have learned so much from this. She's a graduate from Steubenville. She actually studied theology and philosophy at Steubenville. And then became a fertility care practitioner, and she is a business-savvy woman. So when mm. I made that transition, as you mentioned, I was on the founding team of the Fertility Care Center of St. Mary's and loved my time there greatly. And when we moved, I was in the situation of, okay, well, I have to change my business model. I moved to Houston. Nobody wants to drive 45 minutes to meet with me for an hour to drive mm-hmm. home 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So I learned through her how to create an online platform and it has just been thriving. So everything that Anna puts out, I'm impressed by and learned so much. So she reached out to me in January and said, Hey, Melissa, I've got this idea for the summit. Would you be a co-host in an interview for me? I had no Mm -hmm. idea what a summit was, but if Anna's going to ask me, I'm going to say yes, because (laughs) I'm impressed with everything that she, um, that she creates. And it has been a wild journey, um, just learning how to interview, writing the interviews, researching all of the participants in the summit. But my favorite part is engaging in these conversations. There are so many people out there doing beautiful work. And in the summit, it brings it all together. And the world doesn't feel so big and overwhelming. And we realize we're all in this together. Again, whether you're a woman wanting to learn more, whether you're a medical professional really wanting to offer these services, or you're an educator and you just want to connect with like-minded, passionate people. This is the place to do it. Right. I have to say that one of the most common things I hear with my clients is, especially after an introductory session, we're just kind of teaching them the science behind it, um, is the number one thing I get is, why haven't we been told this before? How come this is not out there? And so thank you so much for getting it out there. Well, and that's right. You know, you're not the only one. I hear all the time, too, and I know that every single person who works in this industry, they hear, why am I just now hearing about Mm -hmm. it? And our clients have to kind of go through this process of they're a little bit upset that they're just now learning about it, but then they're very empowered. But the message of the summit is to get it out there. There are great resources, and if you put in a little time, you, too, can really know your body, know what it's meant for, and make educated and informed decisions. So true. That's beautiful. I am so excited about that. So this is a Cycle Power Summit. We can jump on. uh I bet you can just Google that and uh, be able to pull up the registration for it. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. And, you know, this is so exciting. We have over 1,200 people already registered. Oh, <laughs> That's we amazing. We want to hit a whole heck of a lot more people. So if you're listening, hop on Nothing to Lose, Cycle Power Summit. Grab that free all-access pass. And for the four days, you can hop on at any time as the interviews roll out. There will be a new series of interviews, day one, two, three, and four. You can be part of the conversation. Anna has a lot of fun. We're on Facebook Live every single week. You can check out our Cycle Power chat either um, at Cycle Power Summit on Facebook or on my um, site, uh, Virtues Fertility Care. There's a Facebook page, so you can engage and uh, follow those conversations as well. But we, we just we want to take this global. Oh, amen. Well, I can't thank you enough, my friend. My, and I do call you friend. I, we miss you in this area, but I'm so thankful that our lives are kind of intertwined this way, doing the same kind of work here, um, not only just for women, but for healthiness, because that's the way Christ ordained it to be. So, Melissa, I can't thank you enough. And as we talked about off air, I really hope and pray I'll get to see you face to face and get that hug and really talk about uh, our passion that we share. Absolutely, Pam. Thank you so much for sharing this time together, and may God bless you. And Godspeed, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, you heard that, folks. Uh, That is the Cycle Power Summit. We were talking with Melissa Buchan, but coming up here in just a little bit, but we are going to be speaking with Chaplain Mikado Henson of the Aggie, I'm not sure, Aggie Athletics or Aggie football team, so he'll clear that up for us when he comes in. I uh, will just going to put a caveat that I may be really nervous because I'm a big fan. Um, I do that. I get really nervous sometimes when I'm really a fan, so I'm a fan of his uh, because I love where exactly um, sports and Christ come together. If anybody knows me, I really love sports, and I love the fact that uh, sports and Jesus go so hand in hand. Um, the, the sporting and athletics is so much of a microcosm uh, that can be extrapolated to the spiritual life, and I am sure that he is going to come in and tell us more more about that. So I'm very excited. So y'all stay tuned until after the break. But before we before we go to the break, I wanted to talk to Thaddeus a little bit more because I know the countdown is on to our banquet coming up here in the fall. So let's talk about that. But before we get to the banquet in the fall, <laughs> okay. it's the banquet in Waco this spring, April 25th for KYAR, our oh, Central Texas reporter. listeners. We have been, people have just been pushing and we've gotten reservations and ticket purchases um, pouring in right here at the end. Space is um, getting more and more limited as we speak. So please don't delay. We're just a little bit over a week away. Next Thursday, 630 to 9, Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. KYAR Benefit Dinner. Our speaker, Tom Peterson, Mm. who also is going to have a lot to say about those cardinal virtues of fortitude, prudence, justice, and temperance. He's going to talk to us about the saints as God's all-star team. Absolutely. That's right. And we want you to come and hit a home run for Red Sea Catholic Radio. We're right in the middle of baseball season. We're going to have a baseball come out to the ball game kind of a theme. Burgers, brats, beer and wine. Can't miss. Can't miss with that. Can't miss. So it's going to just be right down the old pickle barrel. You're going to be able to knock it out of the park, uh, hit one into the cheap seats, and really raise a lot of money for Red Sea Mm. Catholic Radio because we need it. We are trying to, you know, get some real 
uh, you know, great hits on that debt in Waco, ah. right? Paying off the note, trying to make, you know, not just our our minimum payment, not just the interest, but actually, you know, pay down that principal, get into that principal. And you can do that. And you have done it in the past, mm-hmm. Waco. You, you, you know, you came out really strongly for our $5 Friday. You, you contributed to the year-end giving campaign. And now this is our major fundraising effort there in Central Texas. And we know we, we've been really happy with the, the response, but there's still time to get in and get a seat, reserve a table, and be there to contribute, be a part of helping us win the pennant, as you <laughs> might say, I like it. and uh, pay off our debt and keep KYAR thriving. Now, I think I've used enough baseball analogies <laughs> and <laughs> <Maybe>. references. So, <laughs> but I thought that that was, uh, that would be a, a fun good. thing to try to do. So yeah, please come out April 25th, Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. Go to redcradio.org slash benefit. Get your tickets, $25 a person or reserve a table at one of a number of various levels. We're still looking for that $5,000 uh, home run hitter there. I just did it again. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. That $5,000 all-star table. Um, but please do it. We thank all the all of you who have purchased tickets or reserved tables already. You're critical members of the team. We can't do it without you. We look forward to seeing everyone on April 25th. Come over, shake my hand. I'll be there. Say hi to Dennis. Let us know who you are. We want to know. You. We want to put a face with the name of all you blessed people who support us each month. Excellent. Well, you know, before we go into our break, that is, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't try and talk about or wish everyone a very blessed Holy Week. Yes, indeed. Um, the Triduum itself is, you know, as a convert, I didn't tomorrow. I didn't know it was. It was really just one long celebration that begins on Thursday. So that's so beautiful to me. The the reenactment, so to speak, of the time in the garden has had a profound effect on, effect on me. So if you've never taken time on Thursday, on Holy Thursday, to go and pray in front of the tabernacle um, at your local parish, please do that. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite profound and, and moving. It's it's like a, a, a different type of adoration mm-hmm. that just recalls so much of what Christ did for us in history. And then, of course, on a Good Friday, one of my favorite things I've ever done that's coming that's going on here in the Brazos Valley is the the youth doing the reenactment in the streets around St. Anthony. Yeah, got to put a plug in for that. I took my children when they were fairly young. When I say that, they were old enough, six, seven, eight years old, and it had a real profound effect being able to really have that visualization of the Stations of the Cross. So, if you've never done that, I encourage you to take. Your, your children out there to see that. It's, it's very moving. And it also gives those young people that are playing the actors along the way a really a, a chance to evangelize in that way. And it was beautiful to see just people coming out of their doors yes. and standing on their porches yes. and just observing um, yes. this reenactment. It's, it's, it's really moving. And they do, they've been doing this for Judy could tell me how many years, but it's a lot of years. I remember my older children um, having their friends be a part of it, and you know they're in their twenties, thirties now. So uh, go out and take take advantage of that, and of course, um, go to mass. And let's remember that uh, just re- just to remind everyone that on Good Friday, our um, obligations are to not only abstain from meat but also to fast on on Good Friday, and so that is uh, under the current 
law of the church, that is one regular size meal and then two smaller meals that don't add up to a regular size meal. But I encourage you to fast as you are disposed to. Like yeah. That's if you're between you 13 can. and, 14, and yeah. 65, correct? As I believe that's right. Yes. So happy Holy Week, my, my beloved listeners. Well, stay tuned. Coming back from the break, we're going to have Chaplain Makadu Henson. I've been the healing back again. I've seen a heaven in into the earth. Good way world on the shoulders. I can take scars and burdens away. All this I can. Cause I Welcome back. You are listening to Red Sea Radio. I am your host of Red Sea Roundup, Pam Marvin. And the theme I've been really uh, taking to heart this past year is human virtue. Uh, That has been a theme. We've had several different people on that um, I say have really exhibited a great sense of the virtue. And today I am really excited to introduce you uh, Chaplain Mikado Henson with Aggie football team. Um, he is going to be speaking to us primarily about service and how he's brought all these young people to serve Christ um, through serving others. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Pam. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, I'm so thrilled. This is like my love language. Sports and Jesus all mixed up together. That's that's oof. So first of all, tell our listeners who may not know who you are and what you do, exactly who you are yeah. and what you do. Well, my name is Mikado Henson. Um, I've been fortunate to serve here with the football team since 2014. My background is uh, with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm. I worked with FCA in the city of Houston for 16 years. And uh, I was doing inner city ministry with middle schools, high schools. I was doing college ministry with Houston Baptist University, primarily at the University of Houston for their football team for 14 seasons. Mm. And um, also in that time, I was the team chaplain, co-team chaplain for the Houston Rockets uh, for seven seasons. So I got to really minister to young people in the middle schools, high schools, on into college 
but also at the professional level. Wow. And so um, we moved to Houston. I'm from Kansas City, went to school in Virginia. It's kind of my journey. Wow. Um, got married in 1997. And then November 1 of 98, my wife and I moved to Houston and we started life. And uh, here we are 20 years later, really. Um, we have three beautiful kids. What a blessing. Uh, Maya, Kendall, and MJ. And um, we love it here in Aggieland. Yes, I, I, I got to see the nice little tweet that you put out with the kids doing whatever that little <laughs> fun thing was. So, that, yeah. this, folks, this is really how I got to know him. I, I, I pretty much follow all things Aggie football and sports, like basketball and volleyball are, are really uh, my, my thing. So when I saw that he was a chaplain, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this really resonates with me. And so that's one of the reasons why um, I was familiar with your work in a service and taking these athletes. Now, this wasn't something you've been doing ever since you've been here. This was a, the, the mission trips per se came up a few years ago. Is that correct? You that, want to tell yeah. us the origins of that? Sure. Yeah. We've, um, since 2016, have been blessed to be able to take student athletes on mission to uh, the country of Haiti, mm. which is a near and dear place, uh, has a near and dear place to my heart. What a beautifully broken mm. place uh, with amazing, amazing people. So in 2000, I got here in 14, 2016, a gentleman named Jay Richardson, who's on staff with Mission of Hope Haiti, uh, he's an Aggie, he reached out to me via email about mm. going on the trip, actually in 15, and uh, I said, well, we're kind of busy right now, we're in season, uh, but I'd love to talk to, it, talk to you about it during the off season. So we start planning this trip, didn't know re- really what it looked like, we just knew where we were going and what God's called us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, hadn't had anyone sign up yet, anything like that. Well, while we we're planning that, Trevor Knight transfers to AM. And he had been going to Haiti with the same organization no. with OU for the last few years. And mm-hmm. so we um, invited Trevor to come with, meet with us. We started talking about the trip. Trevor said, I was going to go to Haiti regardless. I was going to go back with my Sooners, but since the Aggies are going, I'm going to go with you guys. And so we started building. And that first trip we had in 16, Miles Garrett went, Deshaun Hall went, Josh Reynolds went, uh, Sean Washington, Trevor Knight. I mean, guys who are still playing football to this day. Mm -hmm. Jermaine Illuminor, who's with the Ravens, went. And the cool thing about the trip, anyone who's gone to serve on mission anywhere for any period of time, whether you're domestic, uh, doing domestic missions or international, you go with a heart to serve. And something happens where your heart's changed. Amen. And so, and I told them the entire trip, we're not going with an S on our chest like Superman, but just what we're talking about today, that S means we're going to serve, Mm. period. Mm -hmm. That's it. Our mission every single year has been go and serve. Mm. That's it. Sounds like what Jesus encouraged us to do, right? And so we're not, we're not going to be able to change the country of Haiti in one week, but we're able to partner with Mission of Hope who's there all year. We're able to partner with them, and we've been able to help provide clean water to a village uh, named Levesque that hadn't had running water. And our athletes in 17 dug this trench probably for about a mile and a half from a, from a well into this village where the, the water kiosk system had been you know messed up by weather and hurricanes, stuff like that. A church in North Carolina paid for that to be renovated. The Aggies were able to dig the trench and help pay for the PVC pipe. And then a group of Aggies, uh, engineers, uh, some Aggies involved in that, went and helped lay the pipe from the uh, well to the kiosk in the village. And now, praise God, Levesque has running wa- clean running clean water. Clean water. That's so important. Yeah, it oh is. And goodness. so we are fortunate just to be a part of that process. Yeah, and we absolutely. say, like anything, 
as we go serve, we're a piece of the puzzle. We're not the answer. Jesus is the mm-hmm. answer. And uh, we're pretty unapologetic about that as we go on mission. Right. So we are now planning our fifth trip. So we went 16, 17. We went twice in 18 because we had spring sport athletes who said, we, we, can ne- go. <laughs> we can't go because we're competing when you guys go on that first trip. So we went in December. I saw that. And um, saw God really, really move in, in, in a lot, all of our lives, but one in particular. Well, we're going to hear that change. story here in just a minute. But uh, I want to I want to say, folks, when, when we really apply this, is we're really following Christ in this, that service to others. You think about the washing of the feet. And in, I have family members that aren't in the church. They're, they're not real believers or right. whatever. But when I uh, try to, to reach out to them, I'm like, look, you need to, to be in, a, in, in some place where you're serving other people. Right. Because that really changes your heart. Because that's how, that's how the human heart was made by our creator. Right? We were created right. with that capacity and that desire mm. to serve. And Jesus said, if any of you wants to be great— you have to be able to serve. Mm. And that I know Martin Luther King wrote a, a sermon called The Drum Major Instinct. Everyone mm. wants to be out front leading. And he said to James and John, we want to sit one on your right, one on your left. And he said, that is not mine to give. But if any of you wants to be great amongst them, let him become a servant to all. So um, we are created that. That's in our DNA. Absolutely. Well, I'm really fascinated to hear how you kind of set things up for the athletes before you go down there. I'm sure mm-hmm. you have some more... Uh, some teaching that you really do with them to get them adjusted or get them in that mindset. Can you share some of that? Yeah. You know, Mission of Hope has done a great job of putting out a devotional, a seven-day pre-trip devotional, Mm seven-day while you're there devotional, and a seven-day post-devotional. Because anyone who's going on mission, you know, on the backside of that trip, a lot of times some guilt, Mm -hmm. uh, some things about our privilege and a lot of the amenities of life that we have – we come back home feeling guilty and you're I'm selling everything. I'm giving everything away. And you just da, da, da. And then your heart's still broken for that country, but you're here and you're like, everyone's just walking around, you know, like they don't have a care in the world. And we, what we just saw for that week, we saw broken people, you know, just trying to live. Mm-hmm. And so th- there is a post trip almost, I don't want to call it postpartum because I don't want to um, belittle that. That's a real issue for women and other people who go through things. But it's kind of like after the trip is how do I decompress? How do I process what I just experienced? And so Mission of Hope has put out a devotional. It's a 21-day devotional. And uh, we encourage the athletes. I'm encouraged. I've already handed them out for this trip and said, look, don't wait seven days pre-trip. Start familiarizing yourself. It'll kind of give you a, a glimpse of the culture. What we're what we're gonna be experiencing, what we're gonna see right mm. when we land, things like that. And so, and then a good thing is that we have a lot of repeat um, attendees, and so they're able to stand up in our meetings. We have different meetings once a month or so, and they're able to stand up and share their experiences, what they thought going in, what they experienced, and then what they felt coming home. And so, I've been leaning on those student athletes who've gone with us before. Um, so that they'll be able to be able to communicate that to their peers. Okay, so you're going this fall, you said? We're going uh, less this summer. Than, yeah, less than a month, May 11th uh. through the 18th. And we have to travel to the Dominican Republic this year because of some political situations in Haiti. And Mission of Hope has stopped all incoming trips mm. uh, because of some, um, some economic instability <laughs> and some political um, situations. And so really just praying for that country because it really does have my heart. I mean, you know, sure. the renegade side of me, the the, the 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 warrior side of me is saying, no, man, let's go. But mm-hmm. I got to understand I'm taking people's children and 
and Port-au-Prince right now isn't the safest place to go. Uh, ministry is still happening with Mission of Hope because they have a full Haitian staff. So right. it's their, their schools are still going. The orphanage is still running. The the uh, the church is still the churches that they have that are still up and running. The medical clinic, it's everything's still going as normal, mm-hmm. but they just short term mission trips can't go. So you're going to Dominican Republic so this year. We're being diverted to the Dominican. There's over a million Haitians in the DR, and you know they share the country, they share the island. So right. they're and it's a sp- Spanish settlement, so they speak Spanish there. Haiti's French Creole, and so it's kind of a different dynamic. But there's over a million Haitians in the DR. And a lot of the Haitians, I've been told, are kind of looked down upon by the Dominicans. Mm. And so we're going to go into some villages that are primarily, you know, uh, comprised of, of, of Haitian, you know, citizens that are living in the DR for whatever reason, whether it was work or just a natural disaster pushed them over. I don't, you know, whatever it was, uh, but Mission of Hope has set up shop over there. And um, I said, you know what? I, the destination may have changed. The mission, mission is still the same. And so yeah, I don't right. care if you speak French Creole, if you speak Spanish, I'm going to have a language barrier regardless. <laughs> but the love yeah. of Christ breaks through any barrier, Amen. any language barrier. Right. So that's the common language that we're going to speak, and that's love and service. And so uh, it doesn't matter what Amen. you believe, what you speak. Mm. That's the common language, and that's what I'm trying to encourage our athletes, that anyone can love, anyone can serve. And why not us? Amen. So I do want to hear um, about some of those transfer- transformations in those hearts. And I, and I thank you for your ministry, first and foremost, that you really, you know, being the disciple for Jesus and you're bringing these young people closer to him through these type of things. So let's let's talk about some of those yeah. beautiful stories that, that you have. I'll talk, the, the one that's really hot off the press is um, in December we went and that trip was track athletes, softball, and we had a golfer, a female golfer. And I know a lot happened in all of their lives. The one that stands out to me is one of our All-American track runners, Devin Dixon. Devin just broke the 800-meter indoor collegiate record during indoor season Mm. about a month ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's running at a really high level and things like that. He was the last one to sign up for the trip. Mm-hmm. He and I can say this publicly because we've talked about it. He probably was. It was the hardest for him to get his vaccinations. Mm. Like, come <laughs> yeah. on, man, come on, man. You're on a deadline. This isn't my deadline. This is Hades. You know, you yeah. got And so, um, he finally got him to the point where I was texting him the night we were about to leave. Are you going to make it to the bus on time so we can go to the airport? Wow. I was like, you better not oversleep. Like we got, we're leaving in the middle of the night, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, we get to Haiti. Devin immediately starts jumping into all the the work we were doing. But I told them, before we work, we're loving. We're going to people's homes in these villages, and before we lift a hand to to dig a a hole for a tree, before anything we do, we're going to engage with the people in the village. And Devin, by nature, is a pretty quiet, reserved guy. Mm-hmm. He had kids holding kids by the hand. They're they're jumping on him, and you see him just starting to open up right from the very jump, from the very first right. heart melting. By let's see, this is the the second to last day of the trip. He said, "Hey, can I talk to you?" It was one night. We do a debriefing every night. I said, "Absolutely." And so we start talking, and he's now in tears. And he said, "Mikado, I've realized in this trip how selfish I am. How my life has been all about me." Mm. I'm telling you. He said, serving the people in these villages has just completely changed my life. He said, I need to apologize to my parents for being a selfish son. 
I need to apologize to my brother for being a selfish big brother. It's always been about me and my track and field. And he said, that's not what it's about. It's not. So we sit there, we talk, we kind of unpack this whole thing, right, of what's going on in his life. We pray together. And he said, I need you to help hold me accountable, hold my feet to the fire, that this doesn't leave when I leave. And I said, yeah, it doesn't have to be more of a, it, it, this is not a feeling, right? This needs to be a, a transform, transformation, a changed a life. decision every day. That's right. And um, so the last day we go to the beach, right? It's kind of like, okay, we've worked hard. Let's go enjoy a little bit. We take the translators who are with us, uh, everyone who served with us. We're like, y'all come on, man. And, and we just have fun, a fun day. And uh, then after lunch, we provide the opportunity for student athletes to get baptized. And uh, in three years, well, 16 through 18, uh, we've baptized 30 athletes. Wow. And, and it has been their decision, you know, and Devin was one of them. <laughs> Devin walked forward, and I have the video on my phone. He's crying, and, um, and I just, you know, I just challenged him <laughs> publicly in front of everyone. And uh, we baptized five athletes on that trip. But Devin stood out because he recently has done an interview, and they said, you've done a whole bunch of things at A&M. You've gotten a lot of awards and your future is really bright. What is your most memorable experience while at Texas A&M? And without hesitation, he said, going to Haiti, going to serve people. That was, it, it was unbelievable. I had chills just like you have them now. I'm sorry. All, I'm all here getting all misty over here, just trying to fight the tears. Because you saw the sincerity in his face. He could have said, I was part of the four by four team that broke the world record. I was I broke the collegiate record for the indoor 800 this year. He didn't talk about any of those accolades. Wow. And so someone who was selfish once upon a time, which we all have that selfish nature, he said, going to serve in Haiti. That's my best experience. Wow. And that started a conversation on that podcast for about 10 minutes talking about what he experienced because the gentleman who does the podcast, he's gone to Haiti with us. Justin Dunning. Yeah, I was so going to say, he said, you talking about Justin? I now, follow him too. Yeah. Now they start talking back and forth. And so it's pretty cool that they're talking about both of their experiences <gasps> while in Haiti. So it was just, it was a beautiful time. It was, it was like perfect segue for radio, but um, wow. it was awesome. Um, Eric McCoy. <sighs> Eric McCoy went with us last year. He got baptized. But <sighs> to see him come out of his shell and share... It was unbelievable, but I'm going to tell you my all-star, my all-star on all the trips we've taken is Josh Reynolds. Really? Josh Reynolds. Who's quiet now, Josh Just Reynolds. played in the Super Bowl with the Rams. Josh went on the trip, and we went to a home in a village, right? And through our translator, we're just engaging in, in conversation, and then a spiritual, it turns spiritual. And the guy stops us in mid-conversation, and he points to Josh out of everyone I want to know why you believe. And I'm, I cross my arms <laughs> and I'm just sitting there smiling. And you see, Josh, I'm not lying. He starts sweating like for real, for real. Like, oh no. And he said, well, I grew up in a single parent home and I saw my mom have to work hard for me and my brother and everything that we had. She, he just goes on about that. And then he goes, but I really never believed. But when I was in junior college, my roommate shared who Jesus was. Mm. And not only did I understand it, I believed it and I received it. Mm. And so he's sharing. And I'm over here like basically wanting to swing my hand, say, keep on telling the story, Josh. 
but I'm tearing up too because his feet got held to the fire. Like, why do you believe? And he stood there and I'm telling you, his smile never left his face the entire trip. Quiet Josh Reynolds. Right, right. His smile never left. I have a picture of him. He's holding a child up and the child's painting like a high area for him. They got paint splattered on each other. And I just saw his life just become some, something completely different. And here's the cool fruit of that. He supports our trip financially now. <laughs> yeah. Jesus is good. I'm telling you. Yeah. And so, and, and a couple of those guys who are now playing professional, one just gave last week and he was like, now you can leave me alone. He's playing with me. I right. said, I didn't ask you to give. You told me you wanted to give. That's I said, don't right. play with me like that. That's right. Beautiful. <laughs> but uh, those are just a few examples. And I know I brought up male athletes. There's been some females that have gone just heart of servants and just amazing, amazing women right. uh, that compete all the time for Texas A&M athletics and different sports. But when we go to Haiti, we're all on the same team, literally mm. serving some beautiful, amazing people. Contrary to what has been said about you know a country like Haiti, it is unbelievable. And until you experience not just the brokenness, but the hope Mm-hmm. that is still there in America. A lot of times, and this is not a guilt trip. This I've experienced this. We say what's enough, just a little bit more mm-hmm. in a country like Haiti. What's enough. I have everything I need. Amen. And it's like, wow, I just learned something from mm-hmm. it. It's so. beautiful. Yeah. I think one of the things that I talk about sometimes uh, here is what I call the poverty of prosperity. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you're talking about is sometimes we become so complacent because we are so comfortable and I think you see that in our culture yeah. where people think they don't need God or they're not yeah. aware that it's, 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 it's important. Right. Um, and I call that the poverty of prosperity. And it's a real thing. So, right. golly, I, I'm, I'm so thrilled. We still yeah. have a little bit more time. And you have sure. some more stories to tell us? So. <laughs> <laughs> these, these are great. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you, this isn't mission trip related, but it's been, okay. um, you know, one of my great joys of serving in all capacities here is that I, you know, get to officiate weddings as well. Um, I'm officiating one of our, uh, a guy who coached for us last year, officiating his wedding in July, uh, July 5th. And he's now coaching at Wake Forest. And then, um, one of our former athletes who just finished playing, I'm doing his wedding mm. July 27th. Um, something my wife and I do is kind of just hodgepodge, just rocket fire, different stuff. We host a small group at our home on Sunday evenings and student athletes come over and, uh, we do a study. We're going through the book of Mark. Oh, right now, and yeah. um, we're watching videos that Francis Chan just kind of expo- in an expository way just teaches the Book of Mark. But we're reading it, we're applying it, we're just talking, you know, about life. Um, it's been pretty cool, and that's all athletes. That mm-hmm. you know, all athletes are welcome to come to that, and um, we have a good core that comes over every Sunday evening. And a lot of them have said it's just it's fun to just be in a home. Oh, I not bet. just being a part of it. Yeah, they 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 miss that. You know, my three kids are twenty one, eighteen, and fifteen. So, my twenty one year old, she's friends with a lot of these athletes, right? So, it's just a cool hodgepodge group of people, and um, we're just growing. We've gone through some good studies together. We've been doing this for over a year now, and Keep it's it been up. fun to watch because at the end of the day, um, you're going to experience a lot of things in college. I got saved in college. Mm. Okay, I grew up unchurched. Me too. I grew up in a really, <laughs> really good home. Mm. And um, what's unique about me in, in a lot of situations, I'm biracial. Okay, mm. I'm half black, half white. My parents got married in 1971. And by the grace of God, they're still married. They're 48 years. Yeah, this June will be beautiful. 48 years. Beautiful. And uh, my brother and I, they went through it. 
in the early 70s, you know, late 60s, early 70s, my brother and I both being born in the 70s, uh, growing up in the 80s, really, you know, we went through things from both sides. Mm. And um, but my 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 family, my dad always taught us how to respect people and how to love people. We didn't we weren't Christ followers, Mm. but it wasn't until um, a young girl in seventh grade through the 11th grade shared Christ with me and lived it. That was the That's big the thing. Key. And then she developed Hodgkin's lymphoma and her, mm. um, she had a big tumor in her neck, went through the chemo radiation. She went into remission, but her immune system was shot. She developed a, some type of flu bug and it became pneumonia and she died our senior year of high school. Right. But she never saw me come to Christ. That happened my freshman year of college. She was a Moses to me. Mm. She led me to the edge and a Joshua took me on in. And um, my freshman year of college in 1993, gave my life to Christ, mm. had no idea what God was calling me to, didn't know what that looked like. I desired a, a professional career in broadcasting. I majored in broadcasting, did a radio show every day, all those things. And then God flipped, turned that thing upside down like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and uh, <laughs> changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. And then um, I was working at the 700 Club in college part-time. Mm-hmm. And uh, got called to full-time ministry with FCA. And um, I, if you'd have told a little bitty biracial kid from Kansas that that he would be on this journey, uh, being blessed by God in such a mighty way to be such able to grace. do what he's been called such to grace. do, mm-hmm. I'd say you're nuts. Like, mm-hmm. no way. But God has been good. Mm-hmm. He has been amazing. And um, And I feel like there's still so much more that he wants to do in me. To me, through me, right, and um, and also the people that we're blessed to be able to come in contact with. So, um, my encouragement to the listeners, if they're you know wrestling or going through, just continue to submit to His will in all of our imperfections and all of our shortcomings, and His grace is more than enough. Right, and, uh, I can see that in my own life. During this Holy Week, I've had kind of a theme that I, I share this from one of the saints. I mean, she I stole it from her, yeah. but she says. I have no desire to be in charge of my own will, for wow. I will not do well with it. So I give it all to you, Lord. Yeah, and I love that. My, I love it so much. My word for the year mm. is remain. Remain in Him. If 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 I remain, you remain in me, and I remain in you, That's you will right. produce much fruit. John mm. fifteen. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm. And so my it's it's abiding, remaining Abide, in Him, yep, yep, staying yep. connected to the vine. Um, right. So that's been my word for the year. It's oh, beautiful. So, so we, with our last few minutes that we have, okay. about a little under ten minutes to talk about, um, I want to encourage our listeners who who maybe they're just now getting interested in this person of Jesus, especially right. during this Holy Week that we have. Um, this service is truly a way to to open your heart to others, as we've heard about you talk about today. Um, can you do you know of and I can t- talk about a couple things in our community if we, our community here but on a broader s- scale how people can go in into the communities and serve do you have a, a favorite one just here locally maybe because uh, I can talk on come up some of those as well sure yeah um, you know a couple of different places that have really connected with is uh, Twin City Mission mm-hmm. um, I like to take athletes over whether it be for lunch or for dinner and help serve in their in their community kitchen there. And um, that has been near and dear to our heart. We just went over as a team for the big event, everyone on the team and Jimbo and everyone, and we kind of do like a quick sweep of their entire facility, wash every window, pull weeds. Where are they located things. now? Because I think they've moved in the last yeah, couple of years. They're in, um, they're in Bryan, just right outside of downtown Bryan, um, kind of off 29th Street. Mm-hmm. 
Um, okay. I can't remember the cross street, but 29th street. And, um, it's a pretty cool facility. Um, our athletes help raise money from their bowl stipends. Ooh. They give almost an off as an offering and then help provide something at the mission, like something they may need. Last time we provided some guttering. They mm. needed new gutters that um, the water would just fall onto the playground area and wash everything, all the, the, the rubber chips and everything away. And so we were helped to provide guttering. Uh, I have a friend who's an artist and he drew a beautiful, I mean, it's a 48 by 60 picture of the the relationship between Texas A&M football and Twin City Mission with some of their core values and, and their mission, and it kind of helps them blend together. That's the centerpiece of their cafe, of their 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 cafeteria area now. Oh, that's and beautiful. so it's so it's it's just d- different things there that our team has helped been able to help provide through their own pockets. To be honest, their generosity, and then also SOS Ministries. Oh yes, um, you know JJ Ramirez. Mm-hmm. <coughs> excuse me, Kyle Salmon. I mean, they're just dear people. To me, I have JJ come over every summer and speak to my freshmen. Yeah, uh, just about any pitfalls and things like that, but then also opportunities to serve um, in the you know the school and just in the community and things like that. So, those are two things that are just near and dear to my heart. Obviously, right. FCA is still near and dear to my heart, which is very active in the community. But um, and then and also, um, I would say the food bank's another big one in our community too. Yeah, the, the Brass yeah. Valley Food Bank is such a worthy. You know, KBTX does a big food drive. Right. Um, a few years ago, I, I helped on a on a committee that really saw how summertime yeah. can be such a hard time on on our folks that just really have no food to That's feed their true. children. To help with them for the summer food drives, folks get out there and do that. And I encourage people just get involved. Right. Just the the, the hardest step is just to do it the first time. Exactly. Because once you do it one time, you're you're rolling now. Right. And okay, so so a lot of you may be saying, well, you know, this is this is really good. I really want to serve, but I can't go. You know, I got these busy lives, right? We everybody every got these busy lives. Well, so I'm going to challenge our listeners, and I bet you can add to this too. So part of what I do in my daily life is. God puts you in front of people every day for a very specific reason. His providence is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. How can you serve that person in front of you today? I have the blessing of working in a, in a physician's doctor's, a doctor's office with lots of nurses, lots of staff, and they work really hard. And right. anytime I have an opportunity just to – the kind word. That's right. Just, you know, can I bring you a sandwich? Can I bring you lunch? You know, because everyone – is carrying a cross. Everyone, right. so be kind all the time. That's right. So that's a way to serve others in the in that respect for one another. That's right. It doesn't cost us a thing to be nice. No. It doesn't cost us a thing to, to love. Maybe some time. You know what? Give that time. That's an investment in people. Or swallowing our pride. <laughs> Are we going there? <laughs> <laughs> that's another show, right? <laughs> that's, a, that's a completely different show. <laughs> okay. To apologize, to swallow our pride, yeah, all that stuff. Forgiveness, but yeah. I remember I just taught on forgiveness at my church <sighs> at March 10th uh, at Skybreak. So if anyone wants to watch it on the app, they can, Skybreak app. But um, I tell people all the time, Truett Cathy, who's the founder of Chick-fil-A, who's now yes. in heaven, he came and spoke at a banquet at FCA one time in Houston, and he stood up, and the first thing he said was, how many of you all like to be encouraged in here? Everyone hand, all of our hands went up. Good. So everyone's a candidate for encouragement. How about you go out and encourage somebody? Absolutely. And wow. I'm like, wow, banquet over, yeah. speech over. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Some people say, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. You have time. That That's is right. our that is our most precious resource we have. Mm. Eighty six thousand four hundred seconds in one day. I have hourglasses all over my office because. I'll, can I share a quote real quick? Please. This will transition to what I'm trying to communicate. 
Soren Kierkegaard, an old German theologian, said, All of us must make noise on New Year's Eve to drown out the deathly sound of grass that's growing over our graves. Mm. It was better when we had hourglasses, but we needed the deception, so we invented the clock. For the rotating hands give us the illusion that time goes on forever, yet we curse the hourglass because it's a constant reminder that time's truly running out. While we still have time, we need to be used by a great God to be able just to encourage someone. We may never see their salvation, but he may have called us to seed their salvation. The farmer never looked to see where the seed landed, That's right. right? That's right. Farmer just sows a seed. God may use someone else to come along and water it or may use us. Wise. And it's his business of when that seed sprouts and, and, and the fruit that it produces. So while we have time, we don't need money. That's right. We just need a smile. And sometimes it's that pat on the back and someone goes, I was really looking for someone to come smile and encourage me today. And why not let God use us? That's right. Why not? Be kind. Everyone's cross is heavy. <sighs> and in 2019, in the United States of America, that is a, it should be a resounding message from everywhere. Be kind. Right. You know, the other thing that comes to mind when we're talking about this that I, I just really want to blow this horn all the time is that when you look at another person, you look at their human dignity that Jesus put in there, that God <laughs> did regardless, yeah. and you respect and you love and adore the other because Jesus created them. That's right. And I'm not going to stand up all the time and pound my fist of what I'm against. Sometimes I'm going to tell you what I'm for. Absolutely. And I'm for loving everyone. That's right. Yeah. I'm glad everyone's not like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have a few more of no, you around, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. But I, I mean, you know, I, you learn when people are different. Oh, you. that's so true. Enjoy yeah. it too. Yep, and and through an encouraging word or serving someone, we're able to extract that out of them, yeah. and uh, we can all grow from that. Well, just know that I we praying for you. I have been praying for you. You don't even know it, but I've been I praying for you it. and what you do and and the um, opportunities that Christ gives to you on a daily basis is yeah. profound. And I think you know it. And I'm getting myself all <laughs> choked up again, but it really is. He's putting you in such a place to touch and make a difference in these young people's lives who will change the world with their attitude. So thank you for your ministry. And if, if we here at uh, little KEDC can ever be of service to you in your ministry, please let us know. I will. And I appreciate it. And you have, thank you for your prayers and, oh. and for the opportunity to come and have great dialogue with great people and, to be able to get God's word out and right. his message out. In service, service to others. If that's, that's the right. first step you take, if you're not sure who this Jesus person is, you go serve others and he'll show himself. Yes, right? he will. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope that we come up with a reason for you to have you back on the show in the future. Just a phone call away. <laughs> awesome. I'm honored. I'm awesome. Honored. Well, thank you so much for your time, and we'll be watching for. Um, I'm going to be watching Twitter for all the video. The excuse me, the the pictures from the next mission trip. That's right. Aggies for Haiti also has a Twitter uh, account, and so we have a couple videographers going, and so hopefully, uh, I don't know how it may be sketchy uh, connection, but we'll try to put up as many as we can. I don't know what our Wi-Fi or our data connection will be like there, but well, maybe when, we when back, you get back, yeah. when we get back this side of the water, we'll uh, definitely put some out. So, so we're praying for you and all those young you. people down there then, and um, praying for your ministry to the the football team. It looks like y'all are on a really great trajectory because it's all about character. Right. It's all about 
Jesus in us. So we'll be praying for that as well. We're just trying to shine bright. Absolutely. That's I'm encouraging people to yeah. do. Yeah. Well, God yeah. bless you in your ministry. Thank you, Pam. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you for joining us here at Red Sea Radio and KYAR and KINF as well. So until next time, my friends, we've got Father Augustine in, uh, on my show coming up in May. But until we meet again, please go and love your neighbor. I'm alive again No more outside Looking in Since you woke me up And as I saw daylight